I'm Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. And you're listening to Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Changing your world one conversation at a time. The show begins now. If you would like to see this episode along with other exclusive content, make sure you become a patron by going to our box number 512 podcast Patreon page where you can become a patron for as little as $5 a month. The link to the page is in the show notes for this show. So make sure you go on over there if you would like to see the episode in addition to listening to it. All right, y'all. Back to the show. We have another um, Hotels episode. So Hotels, y'all. Get ready. So this one is about... Well, I was originally going to talk about this um, Haitian guy that I used to mess with. And then in talking, the lioness also has a Haitian guy story. So we'll just tell our stories together. So I will go first. <laughs> and speaking of the story, at some point, we're going to have to do a regular uh, episode where I... And I already have the episode title on my head called Craigslist Appreciation Day because I met so many men through Craigslist that have taught me something or that have made an impression. And this guy, um, he definitely made an impression. So let's rewind back to sometime in the mid-2010s. So back in the day, when Craigslist was still hot and popping, I will put up ads in different cities to see what response I would get from different men in different cities. One of those cities I used to put ads up in was in New York. Anybody that knows New York, especially in that time and still now, New York is one of them cities that has like every type of fine man you can think of, New York has it. And it's like the men are the, the most beautiful blacks that you've seen, the most beautiful browns that you've seen. The, like, it's yeah. so many, it's so rich, um, mm-hmm. like visually appealing. So, and I, by that point, I have been going back and forth to New York a couple of times, have had a couple of sessions with some pieces up there. So I knew that if I put an ad up there and then with me giving, with my particular look at that time, I would get a cute response. So one of the times I put an ad up, I got a response from this guy, we'll call him, what is, what's the Haitian name I can use? We'll call him John. That was not his name. And actually thinking of it, I can't remember his name because I'm the type of person once I forget forget about you, you're forgot. Like I remember experiences, but I will forget the names, especially a man, but we'll call him John. John responded to my profile and physically he was just everything I wanted. He was about like five, 11, six feet tall, kind of thick could dress just like hmm. cute smile um light burn not light skin but like light brown skin had tattoos and um he responded to me and he was he was telling me what I wanted mm-hmm. and then we had FaceTime this is when FaceTime at first came out no we either, we didn't talk on FaceTime we talked on Skype so he said he he responded to my ad he looked cute and he was, he was just, I was attracted to him because he he gave like a cis hat look, um, look. 
So oh. then when I started talking to him, um, his voice, like his voice, he had like a really heavy, heavy Haitian accent. But he talk and everything else like this. And you know how I really feel about you, girl. Da, 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 da. And um, instantly the conversation, so his personality, very soft, very sweet personality, looked good, you know, I wasn't being cactus. He looked on Skype the way he looked at his pictures. And instantly he was attracted to me. He was um, showing me his meat on the phone. And it was a, a physical a connection. So how was the um, meat, girl? Since it's a hotel, you gotta tell the tea. How was the meat? We're gonna get there. You know, we all, you know my stories, we always have to get there. Yeah, you got to unpack. Go ahead, girl. So I'm feeling him. He's feeling me. So then out the blue, he says, I want to come down to see you. I want to come down. And at this time, I was just, you don't meet too many men, especially Black men, that when they find a, a trans woman is given, I want to take time out of my day to drive. I like you so much that I want to drive from New York to Baltimore to come see you. So that instantly made him stand out to me. So we were, we talked, I think, I can't, damn, I can't even remember this house, man, but we talked over the next couple of weeks and the plan was for us to um, see each other, interact with each other, and and back then, I would um, constantly go back and forth to New York. Um, my best friend lives in New York, so I would stay with him. And I think the first time that we met in person, we met in New York. So he ha he had a car in New York, which is rare for somebody um, somebody to have a car in New York because most of them don't drive. But I remember the first time we met, he drove up to the Bronx because I think he lived in the Queens of Bronx. He drove up to the Bronx and he had like a black Nissan Altima. And he um he was like, come down to the car, come down to the car. So we he I came to the car, he goes and parked the car, and we sit in the um we sit, we sit, we he goes and parks somewhere, and there's not even a minute in, we kissing, and then he instantly goes for the munch. So ah. <laughs> come on for the munch. <laughs> yeah, so he so we we interacted sexually and he he's one of them, he's one of them pieces. Um munch like muncher, like he's he's a muncher, and then I've I want to, I don't know if I didn't want to see his meat or I didn't make him send pictures of his meat, but seeing his meat in person, um, his meat wasn't like small, but it wasn't super big. Like I was expecting it to be, but he was so into munching me and he did it really well. But I did, like, at that point I was like, okay, he don't have to slay me, but this can just be like a munch piece he's physically what I like he um like is going out of his way to come see me so I'm gonna make the best of the situation so I think around this time this is when I was preparing to go to move to Chicago so I was either applying to law school or I was thinking about applying to law school <laughs> and um I remember I was telling him that and while we were talking, um, he was saying, he was, um, in addition to him being sexually, letting me know that he was actually into me, he was 
um, I, I think he was a Sagittarius too. He was he was a he was somebody that was very into like I want to like go out with you. I want to um, hang with you. I want to travel to see you. I want to do stuff with you. I want to spend money on you. And at that point, I had I had kind of got enamored in in that particular experience with him because that wasn't something that I really had at that point where somebody not only likes me but they're actually going out of their way to plan stuff and do stuff with me in a relationship type of way so it was kind of like alluring for me and it was a road that I wanted to come to come down um so I remember we was having conversations and he was telling me that well if you move to Chicago that don't mean that we can't still be together uh, I want to, like he said, I would be willing to fly back and forth to Chicago to see you and you could come to New York. So it was, it was, he was, he was doing stuff to make me feel like that one, he wanted to be in a relationship with me and two, he was willing to do all of the stuff for us to like be together and spend time together. And that was really open to me. That was, that was open to me. And it didn't matter that his meat wasn't that big. He's a muncher and like sexually, he's just a pleaser. So the summer, like the summer that I was leaving, I remember he was like, he was working a lot. So he did security in New York and he was working a lot. And he was like, well, I have like a day or two off. I want to come see you. And I was like, nigga, you're not coming to see me. So then he was like, you think I'm playing? So I, so as soon as I hung up the phone and we stopped talking, he sent me a text message where he booked uh, like a hotel at BWI Airport. Oh, so, wow. oh wow, he put his money where his mouth was, sis. He was right, dude, so, right. So, so I know your heart. I know you like, oh, bitch. Like I know your heart is like, right, oh. you, right. You know, I'm. I like people of action, especially men that. Mm-hmm. So he was like, "Yeah, I'm a like I'm gonna come down and I'm gonna I'm gonna see you." And then I remember when the day came, he came, drove down, and he was calling me as he was coming down. Then he got to my house, and then I just remember smiling because it was like he. And let me take like in addition to him physically looking nice, he also dressed good too. So he dressed like a like a a fresh New York nigga, like fresh fresh jays like nice jeans like he really dressed and like visually i'm like i can go out in public with him because like he looks nice he he drives he got his own car he works so like everything was checking out so i remember he drove to my house to come pick me up and then he let me drive his car to the um the hotel and then we went in a hotel together and then I remember we went in the bed and then I started, you know, acting. I started jumping on the bed and like, you know, being and he was smiling and we just had a good time. Mm-hmm. But also during that time, even though we were talking and he told me that he wanted to be with me, when I, mo- when I moved to Chicago and I was going to law school, I was in the, even though I really liked him and I was talking to a couple of other niggas at the time that I was entertaining him, mm-hmm. 
I was of the mindset that I was going to move to Chicago, have this new life, meet like all of these ruling pieces in Chicago. And then like everybody that I was dealing with on the East Coast, I could just cut them off and just start over. And then w- once I actually moved to Chicago, which I'll probably tell some hotels about the dudes that I was running around with in Chicago, Chicago that was just, not, that just did not happen for me. Uh-huh. But during that time, I was like, even though he's treating me nice, I'm going to just have my fun and then I'm going to just break it off because like, I just didn't want to, even though he was telling me everything I needed to hear, I was like, I'm about to go into a whole new world and I don't know what is going to be in store for me. So I just need to have my options open. And so pre, so being immature, I was like, well, if he do something that I don't like, I'm going to use that as a reason to like, you know, be bugged. So I remember like we had had sex and then we were chilling and he got something to eat. And then I think we were going to have sex again. And then I think I asked him, I'm like, why don't you eat eat my ass? Or why don't you like, you know, toss the salad? Mm-hmm. And then he was like, oh, I don't do that. And I was just like, so how do you like, munch a bird but you don't eat ass like I just don't get it and he was like I just don't do it it's just not me and I don't think I'll ever do it and I and and you know me like it to me it just didn't make any sense so I think from there it made us it, it started an argument and then it had got to the point where I was like well I'm a bad bitch so I can just go I can go home and he was like, for real? And I was like, yeah. So I remember I had uh, packed up my stuff and put my clothes on. And he was gagging. And I had went downstairs. And this was, this was when, like, Lyft and Uber had first came out. I remember I went to the, I left him in the hotel. I was like, bye. And I left. I went in the hotel lobby. I called the Lyft. And I called the Uber home. Yeah. So in the moment... I felt like, oh, I look, I made this nigga know, but, and then I, di- I didn't think about it. And then I think he texted me like the next day, like his feelings was really hurt because he spent all this money on the hotel. He was expecting us to be together. And I just left him in, in Baltimore by herself. But I, I, I don't know, maybe it was my ego. Maybe, maybe I kind of felt like something was amiss like something wasn't right, but shit happened the way it happened. I ended up moving to Chicago in 2016. And then like after about a couple of months of being there, I kind of like got my face cracked because it wasn't the sea of niggas that I thought it was going to be. So then I kind of started, I was at a place in Chicago where I was feeling remorseful for a lot of the niggas that I was, that the crazy thing is before I moved from Baltimore, I had like three boys that was like serious about like trying to date, mm-hmm. like seriously trying to date me. And I just, I would be so cold to them. Like I would use them for stuff. Cause I remember it was this other young boy that really liked me. And I remember I would, the, when I had sold my car before I moved, I would make him, and he kind of lived outside of DC, but he lived for me so much that he would drive to DC and he would come like take me places. Like I remember a couple of times he picked me up from the hair salon and would take me from the hair salon back home. Like I had so many niggas that like 
live for me. But because I knew I was moving, bitch, I just was ice queen, but still using them for what I wanted. So when I was in Chicago and I got my face cranked, I was like, yeah, I need to kind of apologize for doing that shit that was wrong. And I don't know, I just, sometimes I'll have moments where if I had a fallen out with somebody or if I did somebody wrong, eventually I will think about it. And even if we don't be friends again, I'm gonna at least reach out and be like, girl, I was tripping. I shouldn't have did that. And just just to clear the air. So I think about like three or four months to me living in Chicago, I still had his number. So I reached out to him and I talked to him and I told I told John, I'm sorry for what I did when I, in the grand scheme of things, I shouldn't have blown up over that. And it was fucked up for me to have you drive all the way down to Baltimore to see you. And I left you in the hotel and I'm really sorry for that. And I'm not asking for us to talk again, but I just wanted to apologize to you because I was fucked up. And then from that, he was like, I accept your apology and I'm st- I still really like you. I still want to talk to you. And so from there, we started talking again. And shit was going good for about a week or two with John. And it got to a point where he was like, now I know I want to be with you and I want us to be together. And he was still on his shit of... I'm willing to travel back and forth to from Chicago to New York or from New York to Chicago. And he was like, can you like find a summer job here in New York? Or can you do something in New York where you come out here and we can be together and all of this shit? And I was, I was thinking about it. And then, so, so in New York, so John is not, He's an immigrant here to the United States. So he was not born here. He's born in Haiti. Mm-hmm. He has like family in New York, but they're like mostly cousins and siblings. Mm-hmm. The majority of his family either still lives in Haiti or lives in New York. And I think his mom still lives in Haiti, but he had family in Florida. I mean, so one of the, when we had started talking again, he had took a trip. <laughs> he told me he was taking a trip to Tampa, da, 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 da. So he took the trip to Tampa and I think he was gone for like a week and it will be certain times I will call him. He just would not answer the phone. And then I remember one day he just ignored me for two days and you, and I really didn't like that. Mm-hmm. So when he finally got back in contact with me, I was just like, what the fuck was that about? Cause I was trying to, call, I was like, I knew he was on vacation, but I was trying to call you and you were just like paying me dust and what's going on. So he told me, oh, nothing's going on. I was just having fun with my family and da-da-da-da. And I think that that conversation when he was talking about family, I don't know if I asked him when I was going to meet his family or, but the but I remember we just started having, con- oh, I didn't want to meet his family, but I'm like, so what am I going to be your friends? I, it had got to that point. You saying you want to be with me, you're you're making you want me to make these decisions to be closer to you you want to have access to come see me even though I don't even live in your same city so clearly you're trying to pursue something this is where you want to be so like because oh I remember how this happened I'm like so 
I thought something had happened to you, and if something had happened to you, who was I supposed to get in contact with? Like, I don't know none of your family. I don't know none of your friends. And then he had just said, like, some sly comment, like, oh, you will never get to know them. And I was like, huh? He was, and then I was like, so I would never even get to know, like, even your friends. And he was like, no. And then I was like, why? He was like, well, they can't know that I would I would be dating somebody like you. And I'm like, well, bitch, what does that mean? And he was like, you know, he was like, you know, I'm Haitian, you know what the Caribbean is, you like, you know what that's about. So I could never introduce you or be public with you with them. But he was like, now with us, we could go anywhere. Like he's he's like, I, he's like, I'm not saying that we can't be public like with us. But like, as far as having you around my people, around my family, like, I don't even like, what the fuck would my mother say? And then I was like, so how do you think that makes me feel? And then he was just like, I don't know. So then in that moment, I was just like, you know, we not, we can't be together. And then he was like, I guess so. And as much as I tried to, to fight, to make it right and to get it back. Once he said that shit, because by that point, I'm like, I'm not like, when we're when we're together and you're making plans, that shit feels good. And I want it to be real. I just don't want to have this compartmentalized relationship where I just have this one part of you. But like, I just, this life that you're trying, this compartmentalized life, I don't want that because anything can happen to you and I need to know your peoples or I need to know your family and the fact that you are purposely like going out of your way to make sure those worlds are separate. That's not the type of life I want to have. So I, so yeah, I had to, uh, I had to let John go, and it was hard because I really, there were a lot of things about him that I liked, mainly that he was into me and that he was just willing to like go the distance and do like all of these actions to demonstrate that he wanted to spend time with me, but. Like at some point, the relationship has to progress, and we there has to be like a meshing and an integration of lot of lives and dealing with men. If you're not willing to cross that threshold, then it's only so far that the relationship can go. But it was a it was a it was a cute, crazy, fun part in time. I wish him the best. I wish him peace, whatever that looks like for him. But. That was my Haitian, that was my Haitian piece, John. And what that let me know is like, just because these islands have the reputation of being homophobic and transphobic, it's full of niggas that love the girls and love the ground we walk Girl. Girl, 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 girl. So, so shout I, out to Haiti. Shout out to shout Jamaica. Out to Haiti. Shout out to all of my island men because they live for trans women in a very special kind of way. I have had most of my, wow, most of my adult relationships have been with men from the Caribbean of some kind, whether it be Puerto Rico or whatever. But most of the men that I have dealt with have been supposed that the, from cultures where they don't play that. And I don't know what that is, but I live because I know y'all live. But to that point, sis, I heard a lot in your story that I could identify with. 
and in near the end, I could barely could almost contain my disgust. I know some of our viewers that do that can see this on Patreon. I know y'all asses saw my face because I'm like, oh, it just was reverberating with all of that same intensity from my my story as well. And I, I, so let me ask you, I want to because you know I'm always taking a little bit of notes um, before we get to my story. I have a couple of questions about yours. Um, you talked about oh that moment. When you were in the hotel room, y'all had this hypothetical conversation about eating ass. And for whatever reason in that moment, that was the hill for you. That I really this is gonna die on this hill tonight. Can you talk a little bit about though what I respect though is how you can oh, we can have a vulnerable moment. In a lot of the narratives that we tell, particularly in hotels, we're talking about how men have wronged us and how we have adjusted to that. I like how in this narrative, you have done that additional self-work of being able to be remorseful of something that you know wasn't your most graceful moment. Not that you were wrong, but that it just wasn't your most graceful moment and that could have been handled a different way. So I wanna know, can you tell me what that remorse felt like? Like, and when did it hit you? Did it hit you, did it not hit you until you went there and gagged? Or were you? did you feel bad when you got home and thought about it? Like, how long did it take for that remorse to hit? No, it, it hit me once, like after I was in Chicago for a while and the pieces wasn't hitting. And I was just like, damn, like I did, I'm not making no connections. And then like, when I was living in the dorms, it was harder for me to hook up because it, the, the niggas had to go through these, this three to one process to oh, even man. get up into my room <laughs> so like yeah so it did, like Chicago was not what I thought it was going to be like in my head I just thought like oh city two million people black people live here it's going to be all of these like popping black men that is just going to roll out the red carpet for me and live for my tea and bitch that didn't happen and it never happened during the, like, even though I did have some moments with some men, it was never anything that compared to some of the experience that I had back on the East Coast. Interesting, interesting. We'll have that, 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 the different men conversation. I feel like. Oh yeah, we're going to have a hotel section that's totally going to be dedicated to the Chicago years, bitch. Yes. So to that point, I, I see here that um, you you also mentioned that um, you're moving to, oh yeah, so after you moved to Chicago, um, you said you called him up and y'all began to have that conversation. When you were apologizing to him, was he, what was that like? Cause that's also a moment, like that grown woman moment of like, okay, I know I feel bad, but like when I call you, did you feel like, did you feel like he was waiting for that? Did you feel like he felt like that needed? No, he was, he was like, he could have been an asshole and he could have been, he could have been like bitch and that, or he could have ignored me or been like, fuck you bitch. But no, he was very like receptive to it. He was, he, oh, yeah, okay. he was, I was go ahead. Say, I was gonna say, and last but not least, I want to know, let's get to this. So what, what a lot of men will never understand and I, and, I, and I know that there's some people that can hear that story and be like, well, he was being honest, but nobody knows what it feels like, except for, you know, those of us that have been in that situation, what it feels like to have somebody tell you that they 
where will tell you that may or may not tell you that they love you, but tell you that they want to be in a relationship with you are carrying on giving you all of the feelings. Like this is something that you can invest your time and energy in and you have invested your time and energy only to find out that there's a cap that you will never get past. And it's nothing that you can do because it's not even about you. It's just about them and they will never be okay having you be a part of their life in a certain way. And like, that is really, really terrible. And then nobody knows how damaging that can be to the psyche. And my story directly relates as well. But yes, yeah, it's, oh, I'm sorry you went through that, but girl, mine is similar. And so should I go ahead right into it? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, okay, okay. So for our listeners, I will set this theme. I, this is... BGC Black Planet era. Okay, so think BGC Black Planet era. So, oh God, so I'm trying to think. Yeah, this is how we met. So now I want to start out by saying I was a very young girl and I probably would not be, I would probably be maybe a little more sisterly and now in the way this went down. Um, but also it was just, this is just goes to show how like when you're young and you, an affirmation is what you're kind of looking for, how you can kind of make decisions that just aren't the greatest. And Pascal, uh, um, Eman- oh, ooh, 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 Emmanuel, <laughs> so he don't scrap the Patreon, but I mean, I didn't say his last name. <laughs> Emmanuel, the person that I'm telling you about today, he is from Haiti. He moved here in college. Um, he moved here in college. He moved here for college. He got a, a soccer scholarship. Him and his cousin are very, very good athletes. He went to a very, very good school. Um, he went to an Ivy. And he moved to Atlanta. He was an aerospace engineer. He lived in his own home outside of the city, kind of south side toward, kind of, kind of south side, not quite making, but kind of far out. Um, well, Stockbridge, for those of you who know where Stockbridge is. Um, he lived kind of east that way, kind of towards Stockbridge. And then um, he used to be on, he was like a trade. So that was on the computer, really, really after the girls. So he, I, I think I first ran into him on the computer on Black Planet. He hit me up. We had, um, we may have even had phones, I mean, computer sex one time. Like very much in the messenger, mm, faking the orgasms by pushing a bunch of buttons. <laughs> like very that era. So, um, yeah, um, I found him very, very um, annoying a little on the computer. It didn't register well. He was a bit thirsty, um, overly complimentary, very romantical, but just a little too Rico Suave. So I hate it. So then I, uh, the first time I met him was on Black Planet. So then out of the blue, now mind you, I'm with a good girlfriend of mine. This is one of my good, good girlfriends. Um, We transitioned together. So this is like day one, Judy. So she brings, she comes over to my house one, no. Yeah, she comes over to my brother's house one day 
and we are going to visit my brother. We go over to his house and she's like, y'all, my, one of my boy, my, one of my pieces is going to come visit. And I was like, okay, girl. She was like, yeah, I met him on Black Planet. Da, 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 da. Now, bitch, I had said before she got here, bitch, I've been doing a lot on Black Planet. So what he looked like? And she was just very much like, girl, you don't know him. He never dealt with the girls before. He hit me up out of the blue and this and that and the third. So I was like, okay, girl, okay, girl, I can't wait to meet him. He comes up and she was like, he's Haitian. Immediately, I'm like, <laughs> like, oh, okay, I think I know someone. You know, I'm like, whatever. Now, mind you, you know how people put profile pictures that don't really, niggas are notorious for putting up profile pictures that don't really look like them. Mm-hmm. So it was him, but the picture that he had online was like a weird angle and kind of blurry. And like, it just wasn't clear. So I never really, for real, for real, could identify him other than his body. Because his pictures online, he just, it was just chocolate, because I told you he's an athlete. So it was just chocolate, well-chiseled African man. That's what it looked like. Like his image was just chocolate dark, slim kind of swimmer's build, but it, he was so chiseled with the V's and the six pack. And it, the picture was him with a rag over his dick. Like it was very that, and you know, that, and you know, back then that's when you would have like the private pictures that you could right. ask people to see. So it was very that. And then the main picture was blurry. So it was a body picture, main picture kind of blurry. So I didn't know what he for real looked like. So the guy comes over to the house. Now he walks through the door and I am not registering. You know how you meet the piece. He stopped in his tracks and was like, wow. He says that just like that. And she's like, what? And she, cause mind you, she's going to meet him at the door and I'm behind her. And he goes, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what? And he was like, and she was like, what? And she turned around and looked at me and I looked at her and I, cause I mind you at the time, it's not really registering. I'm like, trade is being weird. Cause I'm not registering that this could be the same dude. I'm, I know some people, but it's not like I off the hand at first sight was like, I know him. It was just like, he's doing the most. So he walks in and then I, I'm starting to, so he immediately sits down and he's like, so how y'all doing? And he it runs, walks over to me, gives me a hug. After he gives me the hug, he sits down on like the bed. Cause you know, we, it was poor college kid tea. So it wasn't a lot of sitting options in the room. It was, like, it was like the bed, like a couple of like standalone chairs and a card table, like the black card table, you know, like the, with the fold out metal. With the foldable legs. And the padded top, very that pussy. So it wasn't like a lot going on. So I'm sitting over at the card table. He kind of sits on the bed with her and I'm kind of all I, I, on the bed with her. Now, mind you, this is my, also, this is also a boy's house. My brother's not home, but we're in his house kind of chilling. So it's kind of boyish. And my brother also was a barber. So it's like a barber chair in the corner and all that going on. So he comes um, and sits on the bed and he's sitting and there's kind of chatting. And I'm sit kind of sitting over here, kind of like awkward third wheel pussy. And mind you, now let me tell you what, what happened. I was dressed very sexy. 
I was, it was, I was, it was winter time, but I had this, I had a coat that I had put on, but I was back then, I was Miss Midriff girl. I never wore like, cause you know, I was skinny pussy bitch. So I was, I always had my, my stomach out and I had my belly button pierced and I was always trying to show that off. So bitch, this was low rise jeans, Britney Spears, I'm a slave for you pussy kind of era. Mm-hmm. So girl, the pants was just like really, you know, like the low rise bell bottoms. And it gave that and this little crop top. And I remember I had a jacket on because it was cold. It was like around winter time because this is why I know it was winter. This bitch had on inside a bubble coat vest. It was a green bubble coat vest with like a belt around it. And then she had like a sweater under that. And then she had like, and she's a short kind of, kind of thick, thick, big, you know, thick, juicy mama. So, but it completely rounded her out. And she was just like a green Skittle with black leggings on. Like it completely did. That's what it gave. And not, and that's not to read her. It was just a very bad fashion moment. And I very much before he came was like, girl, can you take that off? <laughs> like, you look hot. <laughs> like, but I don't know what her outfit was given and why she just didn't want to take that jacket off or she felt like that belted bubble coat was, was, was going to do it. But girl, she was invested in the look. So she didn't take it off and he came over. So he, he, the, so after he, after he comes in, he's like, oh, you look nice. And he's like, why you got the coat on? Take your coat off. And she was like, I'm out. I'm wearing, I'm going to keep this on. She was like, this ain't a coat. This is my look. And he was like, oh, okay. And I could see him kind of give her this look. And then he just kept, his eyes is cutting at me. So they having like this awkward, now I, I don't understand why she would bring a nigga just straight off the internet to have like this initial conversation. But I think it was because he was fine as fuck and she wanted to kind of gag me. Right. Now he starts, so now he can't even hide it no more. And, he, and she was like, girl, you, why you keep looking over at her? And he said, I know you. And I said, you know me? He said, yeah, I know you. We, we, we spoke before on the computer. And she's like, oh, you know him? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Girl, I don't know. And then I, I was like, I don't know. And he was like, yeah, I know you. He was like, we, you, you, I was trying to, to get to know you a while back and you just, you didn't respond back. And I was like, oh, well, small world. I said, and now mind you, you know, I've always been a quick thinker. So I see my girlfriend face growing up. I'm like, but you know what? I was like, but they look how God works. You see you moving in good circles. Cause you see, you got two beautiful women you were trying to talk to. I said, well, I'm, well I said, you picked a good one here. Now I'm trying to sell my girlfriend. I'm trying to sell my girlfriend. So he, now, mind you, he, I think he might have been, I might have been like 21, 20 at the time, 21 at the time. He might have been maybe 28, about 29, which in that age felt really far away from me, you know, because he also had a house, but he was young and kind of successful. He had a house. I felt like he was real grown, grown. But he was sitting there having this conversation with her and the conversation was not was spiraling because he kept trying to include me and it was just awkward and nobody none of us could really get it together and finally she asked him she was like so apparently you want her apparently you want her and he was like no i came here to see you i'm trying to be respectful he was like you know but i did i was honest i didn't lie to you i could have lied so he calls she was like come outside so she calls him outside mind you this is like a studio that's why we're all in this little same little area was this a, the darlington's bitch no it wasn't the darlington <laughs> but 
so she he pulls us out into the hallway he pulls or she pulls him out into the hallway and they have a conversation and she calls me outside the doors and I'm nervous I'm like girl what is this about to be and she was like so I just asked him do he want you and he said yeah girl you want him I was like girl no that's your man girl do you want him I was like, no, girl, I don't want him because that's not cool. He came over here to see you. She was like, girl, he wants you. Do you want him, girl? I don't want him. I don't like him like that no more. I'm not into it, girl. I don't like him. So do you want him, girl? And I was like, yes. <laughs> now, bitch, ordinarily, I probably should have just said no and kept saying no. <laughs> but I was young. And bitch, you keep like saying, do you want him, girl? Do you want... And I could feel the look on her face, her face crack immediately. She was like, and he was like, he was like, oh, okay. He was like, I said, so she was like, oh, well, she wants you. So I guess y'all can, you can talk to her then. So my girlfriend goes and she just goes and sits over on the bed. And um, she goes and sits over on the, she goes and sits over on the bed. And I was like, I got to go to the bathroom. Cause I needed to collect myself, move out of the situation. This is awkward. How do I get the fuck out of here, bitch? This is too much. I might get the man number later, but bitch, I, this is not gonna happen here. So bitch, I go to the bathroom. Now this is some young hot tranny shit about to happen. So he cut. So I go into the bathroom and I close the door behind me. He comes in the bathroom behind me, and he was like, "Hey, look, 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 look. I just want to talk for a second. I just want to talk for a second. Immediately grabs me, pushes me against the wall, and kisses me again, like in the bathroom. So I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, girl, get off me, get off me. No, she out there. She know you back here. Go, go. Like, I'm trying to get him to leave the bathroom. And bitch, mind you, I'm living. I'm getting my- I'm about to say, and secretly living for ah! Bitch, it was everything. It was everything. I was like, oh, yes. Because he grabbed me in the way he just like forced. It was like really, he could read the, he could tell I really wanted him. But like, I also had never met him in person. And I still, at this point, didn't know exactly who he ended up being. This at the moment he was just a piece of trade that was fine with a big meat print and his gray pants. <laughs> it was giving me all that. So we're in the bathroom, mind you, I said the gray pants. So we're in the bathroom and like he pulls it out because you know they be real aggressive. So he pulls it out on me. I'm like, put it away, put it away. But girl, I grabbed it. I did. Because <laughs> bitch, I just wanted to, because it was just, he had one of those penises that were like, it, it, he was he was circumcised, but it was like, the head was very pink. Like, it was like very pinky kind of, but like, it was beautiful, the length and the shaft and the balls were heavy. It was just a good moment. But anyway, girl, so girl, he like, I like put my hand on it and I was like, go now, go, but I'm kind of jacking it because it's hard, but I'm like, oh. <laughs> So finally he's like, all right, all right, all right. So I push him out the bathroom. Well, girl, he, well, so I, girl, I wait. So he goes out and then I come out and my girlfriend, I thought, I don't know where, why, this is how you know you young. I don't know what the fuck I thought she was doing, but she was clearly waiting on us to come out of this bathroom together, bitch. In the studio. In the studio. And so she's literally across the room, kind of looking at her phone <laughs> and looking at, like, she's kind of like looking at her phone and she's like texting, because this is pre. Um, so I just see her little thumb moving real fast because she she's T9 wording her way through this anger with somebody, girl. So, it, <laughs> so I watch her do this and I'm like, oh my God. So I'm so he 
was like, all right, I'm finna go. I was like, yeah, you need to leave. So now I'm trying to make it like, you need to leave. And he was like, well, get my number. And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I get the number in front of her and everything. And so I get the number and, you know, I write it, I put it in my phone and he leaves. But how you get him is how you lose him, bitch. We'll get to that later. So, girl, <laughs> so, girl, um, we ended up. Um, now, this is not this the real gag of the pussy, bitch. Now, this is the real gag of the pussy. What I did not know was, and I found out later, was she, she really had liked him, liked him. And her in that moment, and then making it like she didn't really like him, she really, really liked him. So it wasn't until we left that night and we went back to where we where we were staying. Cause mind you, we're roommates. So girl, I'm really gagged, my friend. And now we gotta go home together. So bitch, we catch the train home and she cried herself to sleep. And I just was like, <laughs> like I hear her crying in the bed, and I'm like, oh girl, I feel horrible. And mind you, I just got his number. Anyway, we start dating. And <laughs> we start talking for a little bit. So like I did, so he invites me over to his house the first time. He cooked for me. He cooked the rice and the, the meat and the peas and all of that stuff. And he cooked, he was a really good cook. The rice was a little starchy. He had a very nice home with shit in it. It wasn't shit in that damn house, big ass house, but it was very much like a man. He had a very big speaker, a very big TV, one table, a very nice leather black couch. It was a stereotype. It was a, a very, very nice black couch. And now, unlike your guy, mine was kind of like flashy. So Pascal would have rings. He was always buying rings, like buying gold rings and gold chains. And he always, he, but he dressed like he was from Miami, like with these like buttons, he wore silk. And like, you know, it looks nice glistening on his skin, but it wasn't the most fashionable. Mind you, this right. is tall T era. <laughs> this is like tall tee, oversized baggy. And I'm walking around a nigga with a sherbet, with a sherbet colored silk on, you know, like, you know, but he would take me everywhere. He did not have a problem. And like you, he was a, he was, he was equal. He was a muncher down and he enjoyed me. And he, the sex was good. The dick on him was nice. Everything was fine, but he was a little bit controlling. And he will always, we would have arguments about like, cause he was always thinking that I was gonna meet some nigga and just go and start and, and he so, go and be Jack and Dick in the bathroom <laughs> because that's how we connected. So he really had this like kind of this distrust for me and but we were able to work through it. And I felt like he told me he loved me. He took me on some of the, my best dates ever. And we would go back to his house and we would have such passionate like sex, like not even penetrative, but just like, just enjoying, like he could have really enjoyed the girls. Cause it's very rarely, particularly when you are very young in your transition that you run up on a trade that's gonna really just give you all of that. And he was sucking on my little new mom titties and giving me my everything, you know. So bitch, I thought I was in love. I really did. And one day, we were riding, no, we were riding in the car and I, yes, we were coming back from the movies. It was an AMC on that South side, on that side of town. And we got in his car and he had a nice car. 
I want to say it was a BMW, whatever the newest one at the time, but it was a nice car. And I, that used to give me my pussy too, because he would pull up to my complex and make my neighbors hold it, bitch. And then he would get out his old cocky ass and his little muscles on his unbuttoned little silk shirt and cross his arms in front of the car and wait for me to come downstairs. Like, which it was, I, I lived for the carry. But anyway, um, <clears throat> we got in his car that night and we were riding back to the house. And, I, and he said, I love you. I really love you. I really love you. He was like, you just so, everything about you was perfect. You would be the perfect wife, except, mm. he said, you would be the perfect wife, except you're not a woman. And I was like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I was like, ooh, I got hit. I was like, ooh. I was like, what you mean? He was like, no, 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 no. He was like, you have to understand. He was like, I know you're a woman. I see you as a woman. He was like, but... I can't, I said, what you mean you'll never marry me though? That's what I'm really gagged about. He was like, well, I, 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 of course I won't be able to marry you. He was like, I don't know why. He was like, that's stupid. Why would, I can't marry you. He was like, I'm Haitian. I can't marry you. And I was like, I'm confused. I'm not trying to be married right now. I don't really want to be married right now. But like, I just can't believe you just gonna say to me, I, you're not gonna marry me. Like, I, what's wrong with me? He was like, I just, you told me you love me. You said I would be the perfect wife. Why won't you marry me? He said, because I would never marry you. I could never introduce you to my family. I would never put myself in that situation. He was like, no, I'm Haitian. We don't do that. And girl, I just felt like all of my soul break. Like I, I, it hurt my feelings. And like, I was still at his house and like, he like, we had sex, but I, I, had, I had that like really sad, lonely tear, like while it was happening. Like, I just can't believe like he said that to me and we went back, he dropped me back off. I asked him, now usually it would be, I would stay until the morning and then I would ride into him and I would catch the train from the airport into because he would where he worked at the airport and I would catch the train into the airport I mean he would ride with me into the airport and then I would catch the train to my job so I would bring my my clothes and I would go to work from him from from there and that night I said I want to go home he was like right now I was like right now I want to go home and I went and sat on the couch and I fully dressed and I was like I want to go home and he was like well I'm you know I got to get up in the morning I was like I'm you I want to go home and he took me home and he was like, I just don't understand why you making this a big deal. We got such a good thing going. Why are you trying to like make this a thing? Why are you trying to blow this up? Why are you trying to be make this such an angry thing? I'm being real with you. I could have lied. And that's what his whole sticking point. Uh, but you ask a nigga to be real with you and then you get mad. And I was like, first of all, I just don't understand how you think I'm just supposed to take that. And that's okay. I didn't do nothing to you. I'm not a bad person. I want to eventually be with somebody that want me. And I'm just the idea that you could just tell me that is just devastating. And girl, he dropped me off by that house. I called, we, we kind of, that was our last time like going out, out. I let him come over and, and, and get me a couple times at the house. <laughs> but like it fizzled out after that. Like it, it, was, it was never the same. It was never the same. And then, so catch this part, this has like an actual addendum. So we reconnected briefly because of course, you know, it never be that, that when it's that much intention involved, it never just be that it's over. So um, let's say about a year goes by and we reconnect, we end up reconnecting because 
my girlfriend now mind you i have a whole new girlfriend that i've connected with now she's younger in her transition than the other than those of us that are old. it might have even been a couple no i say it might have even been two or three years later because it was a couple years before i even met this girl so yeah it was about at least two or three years later we reconnected and the girl one of my good girlfriends was dating a, a guy not him but the guy was his cousin his cousin, I, nobody will know him, Johnny, his cousin Johnny, because I didn't. So Emmanuel's cousin Johnny had moved here and we had graduated from school and moved to Atlanta to be near his cousin. He had his own place though in Buckhead and he also had a little coin. They also measured in some of the, something similar, but he was, he, they didn't look like cousins. He was kind of like beige, bright brown skin and real goofy looking. He wasn't handsome like that. But my girlfriend, he was cute for her, okay? Right. So, but this is the gag. The similar situation, um, she was dating him. And I don't know what she was trying to pull. I think it was more of a sugar daddy for her, like a date situation. It wasn't, mm -hmm. it wasn't serious like that. But she connected with him and he mentioned that his cousin lived in Atlanta and da 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 da, da. And... She said, yeah, I was over at her house one day and she said something about Samaya. And he said, my, my, he was like, Samaya, he, he had a real high voice, a real high sing-songy voice. Pascal had a kind of high voice too for a man. I think it's the Asian accent and how it- Yeah, it makes their voices like kind of feminine. Kind of feminine sounding, yeah. Because even on the phone, my, my piece, he kind of sounded like cunty on the phone. Uh-huh, a little spicy. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was so I could hear him on the phone say, Samaya. He was like, I, I he was like, um, he was like my cousin. He was like, he has he knows a girl named Samaya. And he's like, that's not that common of a name. And she was like, and so I kind of like she was on her laptop and I kind of like leaned in and was like, and wait, girl, why did I do that? He immediately was like, Who who is he's like, this is your friend Samaya? And he was like, Yeah. So after that phone call, the next day, my girlfriend calls me and says, girl, you won't guess who know you. And I said, what you talking about? She was like, girl, my man, his cousin knows you. And I was like, what's his cousin? And she said, Yo, his cousin is named Emmanuel. And I was like, girl, you kidding me? They don't even look alike. That ain't his cousin. They ain't real cousins. Like, bitch, I'm immediately like, girl, they, they just know each other. They're not cousins for real. And she was like, no, girl, they for real cousins. Like, I talked to him today. He said he was looking for you and everything. Like, of course, you know, we changed our numbers like hotcakes back then, bitch. Right. So, girl, he was like, I was looking for you. He said he was looking for you and everything. So we and him reconnect, me and him and her and them two, we all four, we all double dated. Me and him started vibing again. The relationship was going good. At this point though, I have a whole different mentality with it. We're just fucking and I know you're not gonna be my man. And But he took me on wonderful dates and we were kind of vibing. And this is when he told me, he was like, I always take care of you. He was like, I, he was like, I always take care of you. He was like, even if I get married, my wife will know about you. He, that was his compromise. He was like, my wife, I'll even tell my wife about you and my wife will have to understand. He was like, cause I, 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 he said, I don't, he was like, my wife will have to understand, but I'm never, I'm always going to take care of you. I never get rid of you. I love you too much. You'll never get rid of me. Like real control disease. You'll never get rid of me. I'm always going to be in your life. Duh, 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 duh. So bitch, I'm hearing and I'm hearing and whatever, whatever. 
So my girlfriend, she's a younger girl and like she was losing the interest of the dude she was trying to talk to. And also the dude she was trying to talk to because I was a lot farther in her, my transition to her. She was like day one pussy. So the dude, of course, you know, those real thirsty dudes when they, especially when they're new to it, he saw a girl with titties and she didn't have titties and he was immediately like, okay, I kind of like her too. So it was a, apparently behind the scenes there was a bit of tension around the fact that the cousin was flirting with me too much when they would be together. Cause I told you, uh, past, uh, Emmanuel was very, very controlling. <clears throat> so he didn't like other people looking at me. Like he was the dude when we'd be out and somebody looked too long, he finna, you know, he ready to pull a knife out. Girl. So we, um, so the, apparently behind the scenes, there was some tension and I didn't know nothing about that. Now this is how it messed up. So my girlfriend, he started asking about me to my girlfriend and he asked my girlfriend, do we do threesomes? She said, yes. And that, and, and that she was going to ask me if I wanted to have a threesome with them. Now a bitch knew not to ask me. She never asked me that dumb shit. I never heard anything about it. But apparently he went back and told Pascal, I'm finna fuck me and my girlfriend to have a threesome with yours. Or however that came out. I don't know how it came out, but Pascal called me cursing. He was like, you dirty bitch. I can't believe you will fuck with my family. He was like, I can't believe you. He was so mad. He was so mad to the point where it was, I was no explaining. There was no explaining. He just knew that I, in his mind, I was the type of bitch. And he was like, you said, I was like, I didn't even know you told me you never had a threesome before. I was like, I have, I have not. I've never had a threesome. I'm not that girl. I don't, I'm not, I've never had it. At the time, I never had a threesome. I never, I never had done that. And he was like, well, I just don't, he was like, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Why would your girl lie like that? Why would your girl lie like that? And I was like, I don't know why she would lie. Why would she lie on you? And I was like, she was, he kept saying she would have no reason to lie on you. And mind you, I'm over like, I know. I don't know why she lying. Why would she say that? So bitch, I immediately, we and her get into it. Cause I'm like, bitch, how the fuck you tell that man we gonna have a three? She said, girl, it was phone sex. It was like, she just like, I didn't think it, he was gonna go and do that. It was phone right. sex. Like, do you and your girl do threesomes? Ooh, you gonna let me do this? She said, girl, we had a whole phone sex session and yes, we included you. She was like, but it was just a session. Like, I didn't think he was going to take go back and say, she was like, well, girl, he went, I was like, well, girl, he went back and told, and now Pascal is mad at me, and you need to tell him you lied. Okay? So she told Johnny, she was like, Johnny, why did you go back and tell, oh, I use his real name. She's like, Johnny, why did you go back and tell Emmanuel that, you know, um, that that you did this and then what that Samaya would, you know, that, that Samaya we was gonna do a threesome with her. I didn't say that for real. She was, he was like, yes, you did. You told me that, you told me that. And now this is the gag. She told me, she said she could tell she, he was with Pascal when she called him to confront him to say, why did you tell that? Cause he was like, no, you did tell me that. You did, you did tell me that. You told me you and Samaya do threesome and that y'all fuck niggas together and that you do Jesus. She licked the balls and you did, girl, she had apparently, girl, she had told some whole ass story about in a sex moment about how we had, we used to have, we pulled the trade and have them and do all these illicit things. And I suck the balls and she gets the dick like girl she had created some whole story that he took and ran to pascal and pascal never trusted me never forgave me after that like he came over to my house one time 
um, and asked me if I, out of the blue, and asked me if I needed anything. And mind you, this is the this is the first man I had ever introduced to a family member. I introduced him to my brother. And, and he, because me and him, I thought we were back on this time, bitch. I really did. But girl, he came over to my house one time after that, asked me if I needed anything and gave me $40 towards my hormones. <laughs> no, don't forget that. He gave me four dollars small as my hormones, and he left my house that day. But he was so cold; he wouldn't even let me hug on him or nothing. He was just all like, "I guess he was trying to come over to see if he could be around me and get over it." And he just was like tense the whole time, and was like, he made me retell him again that it wasn't true, and he was just like, I "I'll call you, I'll call you," and he never called me, and I never called him. And then after a while, I blocked him because I was like, "It's awkward," and I don't want you to know I exist anymore. And I haven't heard from him ever again. So the moral of that story, bitch, is I was being a hot ass in the beginning and I feel like he all he never got over the kind of like I feel like the not that he didn't get over it, but I feel like the way karma kind of gagged me a little bit a little bit in that. Because in the beginning, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't do something very sisterly. And in the end, it was a sister that got me. But girl, it wasn't even on you, girl, because he was late. Like it was, it was never going to work out. Like what you have now, it was never going to work to be, it was never going to be the situation that you needed it to be. Because he, he wanted, and it wasn't like it was very long altogether, like maybe the first few so i'll say all together it was at maybe an eight month relationship all together like if you broke up the first six months and then the last the last three months when things were good yeah girl he just he just wanted to have his secret his secret life on the side and that works for the girls in like the 50s or 60s but i bitch we too much of like i'm gonna want to meet your family even if i don't like them i'm gonna still they need to they need to know the bad bitch that i am like I, I can't, I can't be kept in a cage or be kept in a box, bitch. I need to be taken. Break the seal, bitch. Introduce me. But girl, I was okay. But what's fucked up is, I was, I, I, I was broke up that he would never introduce me to his family, girl. But there was a part of me when I reconnected with him that made peace with the reality that I wasn't, I felt like at that point, I wasn't gonna get mad. Like he had damaged me enough that first time and like, it really registered in my heart. Like, oh, I'm crazy for thinking these niggas. Cause he was very looking at me like, you're trans. Like I would, you know, like, I'm never gonna marry you. Like it was just like, he we was right. so confused. So for me, I internalized that. So the second time he came back into my life, bitch, I had already decided I was never going to get married. So bitch, I was okay having him in my life. Cause I was just like, oh girl, it's just not gonna be the cars for me. And then when he inevitably just did not trust me and left like that, I was like, no, bitch. Like, cause especially because I feel like the second time when we got back together, I was really trying to be ultra submissive. I was going over to his house cooking and helping him pick out furniture for that place. Cause I was like, girl, you gonna have to put some shit in here. At least, and I'm gonna be honest, for the, for the first week, the first time I fucked him, we fucked on an air mattress and then I made him get a bed. Like he was one of those people. It wasn't that he he just needed a woman in his life. Like I made him get like like the proper amount of rags and towels. I made him buy pots and pans. Like we did a lot of like domestic stuff that made me feel like it was becoming something. 
but when he told me he could never see me as a wife and after that date when we had all that that good night and he just in the car randomly was just like bitch are you crazy i would never introduce you to my family i was like like, girl yeah no it's it's a trip because like i don't know like they like they do all of like the night and shining armor like spend time with you shit but the fact that you can't integrate me into your family, like, it's just so telling. And I just, even, even in my younger years, like, I just, I just never wanted, I just never wanted the life to be a secret girl. Mm-hmm. Like, I live my life too open. I live my life too free. So that, like, the fact that a man could see me and think that small of me and think that I wouldn't want more for myself, like, that, that, it blows my mind. It really, it really, it blows my mind. But you know, it's just the cars that we were dealt. But we, we become better women for it. And look at us now. Now you are with a partner that you are integrated into his family, and you're in all of the the fun stuff and the drama. <laughs> and I, and me as a single woman, I'm centering myself to know that that I can't spend that type I can't spend that type of intimate time with somebody that has that level of self-hatred about who and what they are Mm -hmm. and that if if we're going to be spending time together that that's just a part of yourself that you're going to have to come to terms with and for me coming to terms with means that you are out to your family and some and sometimes or you're willing you're 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 willing to take actionable and tangible steps to integrate me into your life and not just outright say no or on the other end of the spectrum well we'll see how i feel about it in a couple of weeks or a month or i don't really know when that's gonna happen and what was crazy was i never was it wasn't like in that moment we were we were I was pushing relations, like meeting his mama. But it's amazing how very casually for him, it just, this was not even a reality. And that's what I want to tell men. Like some of you believe that you actually are transamorous and that you love us. When in actuality, you've never done the work, you have never done the work to make the fantasy of being with a trans woman, something that could ever be a reality in your real life. So because you kind of come to this with this kind of like really compartmentalized, really narrow, small kind of kind of like niche way that you engage with us in the sense that like you engage with us in a sexual context based on whether or not we're going to be a top bottom or let you munch. You kind of get connected in a way where you don't really think about what we look like being in your real life. And for this dude, I feel like he had gotten past. So this is like, let's give level. There are levels to this trade shit. Cause he got the like level one is that nigga that has not thought through any of it. Level two is the dude that's gotten to that place that he kind of, he's okay with the fact that he likes trans women. This dude physically was was everything I wanted. He did what I wanted sexually. He took me places. He bought me things. He was concerned about me. He cooked for me. Like, I thought this was a good situation, but ultimately he did not value me in the way that I would want to be valued in a relationship. And he wasn't necessarily a bad man. And that's what made me double back because I hadn't yet matured enough to realize anybody that would tell you, I will never see you like that is telling you already what the line is. But I was still insecure and I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna ever find a man that's gonna treat me this nice. Now, 
hindsight is always 2020, darling. But at the time, I just was like, girl, this don't happen for a girl every day. And he was successful. This was like my first also like non-date successful, successful catch. A lot of the men that we tend to date in community, like I've dated a dope boy. I've dated a, more than one dope boy. I've dated um, the... <laughs> more than one dope boy. I've dated more than one dope boy. I've dated more than one, um, you know, like nigga that just got like a nine to five or work at a warehouse or whatever, whatever, whatever. But this man had like an Ivy League education. He had his own home. He, you know, what was rough around the edges, but like I could see he, I could clean him up. You know what I mean? And I just thought this was gonna be the situation, and it just wasn't. And I and I didn't like. I was young enough that the rebound was because I was young enough that. You know, it, I didn't sit in it too long, but I've always thought about to this day. I wonder if he ever got to the place where he just accepted what he really liked, because the, from the way that we had sex, he really liked the booze. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so it was like, I wonder if he ever got to that place. And I know, and I wonder sometimes. Sometimes I be in my bed wondering if my man was that person to somebody. Like you got you got to think about how this that is the circle of life is and this transsexual shit. Like mm-hmm. one person's husband is somebody else's heartbreak at some point. You know what I mean? And that's just how the game roll. But I think about him sometimes. I'm like, I wonder if he ever could get with it, especially because he had that cousin that was with it as well. And like maybe they, I was just like, well, maybe you know they were able to like empower each other. I've always looked, but I you know I, I don't look him up because. I don't want to know like it's a part right. of me that wonders but i don't want to know because i'm happy and i have no reason and and i don't want to know like i'm not that curious but i i just i wonder sometimes i like to have that you know what it is i'm scared i'm gonna find out he's still dirty dick trade and i want to believe that he has evolved to not just targeting different girls on the computer app and going to one girl house and picking up another one <laughs> like like if i look back at it he was trained from the door sis and he was, and I just was caught in the moment. And I also would get all, I also got off on the fact that I knew he was treating me in a way he wasn't treating other girls. Like, I, and I was still, and I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, especially the second time we were talking, I knew that he was fucking with other girls while we were messing around. And I was okay with that too, cause I was messing with other dudes, but I could still feel like I knew what we were doing, no one else was doing. Right. But it was just only the last time was only three months, and then that girl lied on me, and that was that. But bitch, girl, and it was just so weird to have like somebody not trust you, like, and I didn't even do nothing wrong. But even, but even looking back at that, that's not a a hallmark of a good relationship where you're just gonna accuse me and not believe me, or not even try to de-escalate and talk yourself down. You're just so quick to to anger, but um. Girl, fuck that, fuck that nigga, fuck my nigga. Like, I, I, I hope he's doing fine, but um, that's not a life any girl. Like in twenty twenty one, we as black trans women have so many options to be loved openly, out loud, fiercely, and I, I don't wish that life for nobody. I don't wish that life for nobody. Like, I, I need to, I want the world to know that somebody loved me. You know what I'm saying? Like when I when it's time for me to have that that connection or relationship, I want the world to know that you know 
whoever loves me openly and it doesn't have to be like it don't have to be something that when they die bitch it's just this private secret girl i've had too much of that girl i'm i'm ready for something like different yeah. like I, I want you sometimes you just want the people to know bitch and pascal was never gonna ever come around and i have to remember because like even when we went out on that double date that time my girlfriend you know she wasn't necessarily the most passable girl at the time and i remember he was acting weird like kind of like walking weird with us and like the other dude his cousin johnny was actually sweeter the kind of weird the look the uh, not i won't call him weird looking but <laughs> the one that wasn't as physically attractive actually had the more open personality and he was treating my girl my own girl very well like he went to church with us for watch night service at the lgbt church <laughs> she was able to get him now one thing i will say my little friend my little friend that wasn't uh wasn't that was like a new new transitioner she she was always able to get dudes to do stuff for her that was like on another level because i did remember going all right bitch because she got him to come to watch night at the church and stunt for the girls and they were dressed in these matching outfits girl and we were dressed to go to the club so this was the game we went to church that sunday and i was in the sluttiest outfit she was in the sluttiest outfit and we had these coats on and like you could see by our prostitution clear lucite shoes that we were all in the wrong girl and we got a good key out of walking because they had to do like um when you did the collection plate you had to walk through the front down the middle aisle so we had got a real kick out of like tipping through the front trying to keep our jacket closed bitch because we make it <laughs> like, <laughs> but we had to go to our watch night honey because my trans mother was a minister so she was like you better be at church for watch night service before y'all go out so we did and it was fun but Girl, she got him to come to church. And I was hoping that because he passed, he was in Pascal life that second time, I was hoping that that would kind of rub off, but he, we still kind of would just isolate and just go and hang. Like I was ready to fall back into it, girl. Cause like I said, the sex was good and he was nice and he spent a little coin, but no bitch, that didn't, that was not for me. And what I'm grateful for is I know now that I am worth being married. Cause I am not gonna lie for many years, I had turned off a part of myself because some nigga talked to me. So for those ladies out there, fuck these niggas. Don't let them put in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit, that there's anything about you that is unworthy or in, that nothing needs to happen for them to claim you like you should be claimed. It's up to them. That is their responsibility. It is not yours to hold. And if you, and if you, and if love is what you, and if a full love is what you're looking for, because we don't all, we're not always looking for love. Sometimes we just look in the fuck. Sometimes we just looking for a situationship. But if you're looking for love, you deserve love and you should and you should demand it from people that are telling you that they love you, that you be completely open with me. Because if you can't be open with me, there's a limit to this thing. And it's not, it's, it's not, it's only gonna be so far that we're gonna sustain ourselves without any type of family support, without any type of love. Essentially. Right. What you're essentially telling me is this will end. And like Pascal told me, and I, he was willing to let me be his side piece for my whole life if I wanted that. Right. Like, bitch, what about my life, bitch? What about what I want? Mm -hmm. What about the configurations I want to have in my life? Thank you for listening to another episode of Fox Number 5's podcast, Grown Black Trans Women Talk. And don't forget to become a patron on the Fox Number 512 Patreon page, where we have all new exclusive content and also don't forget to follow us on our social media on our instagram twitter and facebook pages and also become a subscriber on our youtube page until next time bye, bye.